pretty cool story out of the University of Alberta where one of its meteorite experts discovered two new minerals, minerals never seen naturally on Earth. Now get this, it all started when a 70-gram piece of a huge meteorite found in Somalia was sent to the U of A. What happened next? Pretty special. Let's find out more with Chris Hurd, who is a professor in the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences. Hey, Chris, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jalen. All right, I was trying to remember, and, and as I was about to say, uh, uh, the, 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 the size of the meteor, was it 15 tons or five tons? 15 tons. It ends up being the, the ninth largest in the world. Wow. Okay, tell me more about this meteorite. It was found in Somalia, had been, I saw a picture of it, looked like it just been sitting in a in a in a in a field for ages yeah out in a natural area uh, near a place called El Ali or Seal Cali in the local language and it's uh, that's that gives the name of the meteorites it's called the El Ali meteorite but apparently it was known for generations of camel herders who stopped to sharpen their tools on on the stone and it's magnetic it is magnetic because it's a it's an iron meteorite. It's a solid chunk of iron nickel metal, essentially. <laughs> so, when did someone finally decide to take a closer look at this hunk of rock out in this that natural area? Uh, the fall of 2020, and then they they took a piece off and sent it to, some to me and some to UCLA, and then working with them, we kind of put our heads together and and analyses together and and uh, classified the meteorite. Okay, so give me an idea. So when you get this, what, with a 70-gram piece of this 15-ton meteorite and start taking a look at it, what did you notice that made you think, huh, there could be something really interesting in here? Yeah, so I was trying to get a, a pretty a thorough description of it, um, you know, on the, on the micro scale for the classification, just sort of to write it up. And, uh, and I noticed some, some minerals in there that I couldn't really identify. So... We did the classification, got it named, et cetera, and it wasn't until earlier this year that I had an opportunity to delve into it in more detail. So working with my colleague, Dr. Andrew Lowcock, who runs the Electron Microprobe Lab, uh, we identified these new minerals. These new minerals that I'm going to get you to say. <laughs> Well, one of them is called El Aliite because minerals are often named after where they're found. So because this was found in a, in, in a meteorite called El Ali, uh, it's known as El Aliite. Okay. And then the other one uh, is called Elkins Tantonite, and that is a nod to my colleague, Dr. Lindy Elkins Tanton, who is a professor at Arizona State, um, a colleague and who is an expert in the study of planetary cores and iron possibly iron um, asteroids, and she's actually the, the principal investigator of the NASA mission that's being sent next year to the iron-rich asteroid psyche. Oh, very, very cool. All right, so I, I had read that these minerals had been created synthetically before, is that correct? Exactly. So they're iron and phosphorus, or iron phosphates for any like mm -hmm. chemists in the audience, but um, they... they uh, so they're not like they're not made of anything sort of out of the ordinary. It's the ratio of the iron to the phosphorus and the oxygen that in there that's different. But yes, they had been grown synthetically in a lab um, in the 1980s, and so all, all the information about them, the crystal structure, that sort of thing, was known, but they just never been found in nature before. So I, I, there's another one that you're looking at as well. There's another one I can't talk much about because it's under consideration by the okay. committee, the naming committee. But yeah, there's there's at least one more new mineral in there, and there could be more. 
So uh, new minerals, what, what does this mean in the grand scheme of things, Chris? Well, every time there's a particular mineral, uh, it means that the conditions were such that that mineral formed instead of something else. Like there's other minerals that are iron phosphates or other phosphate type minerals that we find in meteorites and elsewhere. It just happened that the specific conditions in this meteorite formed these two new minerals uh, specifically and nothing else, and, as opposed to something else. And so that tells us something uh, about the specific conditions that were there to produce that those those minerals and that's where we sort of that's the excitement because because it allows us to probe the geology of this uh, piece of rock that was once part of an asteroid yeah I'm curious to know what what it could lead to for finding more out about the meteorites specifically so yeah it's it's pretty fascinating it's like way above my pay grade Chris but I think it's really really cool so what do you do with this now well, we have to uh, basically continue with the interpretation of what the minerals mean, what the, you know, and and basically trying to constrain those conditions and say why these minerals are found in this particular meteorite and not in other meteorites or in other places. Um, so that'll be the task next. Um, and so there's still a fair amount of work ahead of us, but but for now it's just the excitement of hey, we found two new minerals and a meteorite. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. My goodness. Uh, I mean, is this like kind of hitting the jackpot for someone who does what you do? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. It's, uh, I never thought I'd be describing one new mineral, let alone two or more. Um, it really is lucky. Uh, most, most people in my profession, unless they're actively you know, in the business of looking for new minerals in, new, in different places, don't typically come across these or have this opportunity. So it's pretty special. Okay, before I let you go, I have to see if you can. Is there any update on the um, on the Perseverance rover mission and what's happening on on that front with the uh, with the uh, collection of the samples, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, we can change gears and talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we're just about to collect our first sample of regolith or soil. Um, which we haven't done before. And th when that's done, we're going to drive over to this nice flat area. And we've been collecting two of every sample so far. We're going to put one of each of each pair of samples down in a depot, uh, leave them there on the ground, and then we'll take the, the, the ones that we keep on board, drive on up and continue on our way for the next several years collecting more samples. And the reason we're putting that depot down is basically insurance against something happening to the rover in the future. So we'll put down about 10 or 11 samples that will be kind of a backup cache or depot um, in case something happens to the rover. And everything's um, so working that'll be well. a major accomplishment because basically we'll have put down samples that, that people could go and collect in the future. Ah, very cool. And, and, and the actual process of collecting is, is going well? Everything's been working well? Uh, there's been a few hiccups, as as to be expected, but everything is, has worked really well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's really still amazes me that we can do this <laughs> on another planet um, to carefully choose and and seal up rock cores and and be able to think about returning them to Earth someday. Chris, you have a lot of really cool things going on in your world these days. Eh? <laughs> like you'd be fascinating at, at as a as a dinner guest. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I need you to come over for Christmas dinner, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
my goodness. Chris, always enjoy our conversations. Looking forward to doing it again. Thank you so much. Oh, hey, uh, sorry, I'm going to jump back to the to the meteorite again. I know I'm a little bit over all over the place here, but um, where is that 15-ton hunk of meteorite right now? Because it seems to have disappeared. Well, it was taken out of the country. Uh, it, it, reportedly, it's in China. Um, the owners are looking for someone to buy it. Mm. Um, but, but one of the things about it is that uh, every every meteorite like this, and we're familiar with it in, in this province too. The Manitou Stone is being it's been at the Royal Alberta Museum has mm. significance for First Nations people, and it's going to be repatriated soon, which is great. Um, it would be great for the same type of thing to happen with this meteorite, or at least to have some recognition within Somalia about. This, the significance of of the stone, and it would be a shame to have it cut up um, into pieces. So we're we're hoping that something something good comes out of it that makes everybody happy, everybody involved happy. So still to be determined. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, take care. Chris Hurd, again, a professor in the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences, curator of the University of Alberta's Meteorite Collection, helped to identify two new um, minerals in this uh, ninth largest meteorite ever found in the world. Um, and again, it had been in a, like a field in an, an open area in Somalia for years and um, goat herders knew about it. People would go there to sharpen their, um, to sharpen their knives, that sort of thing. And someone finally took a closer look at it back in 2022. So that's really cool. Plus an update on uh, Perseverance and Mars Rover, what it's, what it's doing. As I said, Chris got a lot of cool things going on right now. We'll talk about metal 